0: Christmas, for many, is, as the song goes, the most wonderful time of the year. It's filled with bright lights, the smell of evergreen, eggnog, brightly colored packages under a tree, and families coming together. And here in the North Country, Bing Crosby's White Christmas is thrown in as a bonus, unlike Australia and other more temperate places. What must it be like keeping Christmas in the heat of the summer? If you grew up keeping Christmas, and that is probably most of you, I have a few questions for you. Do you realize that Jesus was not born on December 25th? December 25th celebrated the birth of the sun god, Mithra. No wise men came on the night Jesus was born. There is no recorded observance of Jesus' birth in the Bible. Christians of the first two or three centuries did not celebrate Jesus' birth. Puritans in England made Christmas observance illegal. There is a problem with Christmas, and it goes beyond putting Christ back in it. The truth is that it conflicts with the biblical record and therefore undermines the true meaning of Jesus' birth. That may shock you, but on today's Tomorrow's World program, I'll give indisputable proofs that demonstrate how the popular story of Christmas with all its customs and traditions conflict with and distort the true story. I'll also be offering a free resource on the subject titled Is Christmas Christian. You don't want to miss this, so stay tuned. Welcome to Tomorrow's World, and I especially want to welcome all of those of you who are tuning in for the first time. I'll be discussing on today's program four problems with Christmas, problems for which every sincere Christian should be concerned, and I'll be offering a free resource titled, Is Christmas Christian? There's no cost to it. All you have to do is call our toll-free number, or go to our website that will be shown during this program, and let us know that you want your free copy of Is Christmas Christian? So what are these problems with Christmas? Problem number one, Jesus was not born on December 25th. This is probably the least kept secret regarding Christmas, as it is attested to by a multitude of sources. Newspaper articles remind us of this every year, and many books proclaim this fact. Most people who know this respond with, so what's the big deal? And who cares which day it is as long as we celebrate Jesus? I'll address why this is important a little later in this program, but although no one knows for sure the exact date of His birth, the one thing we know for sure is that Jesus was not born on December 25th. The only real record of Jesus' birth is found in the book known as the Bible. And we read the following in Luke, the second chapter, and verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. The relevance of this statement is explained in the interpreter's Bible. The implication of Luke's story is that Jesus was born at a time when sheep could still be kept in the field. Sometime between April and November. December is the cold rainy season in Israel. Ezra 10 is speaking of a time that is equivalent to late November and mid December, depending on the year. Verses 9 and 13 explain And all the people sat in the open square of the house of God trembling because of this matter and because of heavy rain. But there are many people. It is the season for heavy rain, and we are not able to stand outside. The Interpreter's Bible comments on these verses as follows The month usually marks the beginning of the great rain of Palestine when the heavy rain saturates the earth and fills the cisterns. It was the onset of winter storms, for the rains, often icy cold, reached the peak of intensity during December and January. But if December the 25th is clearly not the date of Jesus' birth, why did the Roman Church choose that date? That brings us to our second problem with Christmas. Problem number two, Christmas did not originate with the birth of Christ. We often hear the call to put Christ back in Christmas, The problem is that he never was in Christmas. Professing Christianity simply took over pagan customs and traditions and placed on them the name of Christ. To learn more about these traditions and where they came from, you need our resource, Is Christmas Christian? Chapter 4 is titled, Santa Claus or Ho-Ho Hoax, and Chapter 5 covers the subject of evergreens, and other Christmas traditions. While the true history of the birth of Christ is given in the Bible, there is absolutely no record of an annual celebration of His birth. Zero. Nada. It was centuries later before His birth became attached to already extant pagan celebrations. No less an authority than the Encyclopedia Britannica, 11th edition, states, As late as A.D. 245, Origen, in his eighth homily on Leviticus, repudiates as sinful the very idea of keeping the birthday of Christ, as if he were a king pharaoh. The first certain mention of December 25 is in a Latin chronographer of A.D. 354. It is evident from Origen's statement that the celebration of Jesus' birthday was beginning to creep into the mainstream church at that time, and this is supported by a note in the Interpreter's Bible. Early in the 3rd century AD, some parts of the church celebrated January the 6th as the birthday of Jesus. In the 4th century, that date was displaced by December 25th a day that had long been the occasion of a pagan festival associated with the rebirth of various solar deities. It was the date of the winter solstice, according to the Julian calendar. In Tom Flynn's The Trouble with Christmas, he quotes conservative religion writer George W. Cornell as acknowledging, For more than 300 years after Jesus' time, Christians didn't celebrate His birth. The observance began in 4th century Rome, timed to coincide with a midwinter pagan festival honoring the pagan gods Mithra and Saturn. The December date was simply taken over to commemorate Jesus' birth, since its exact date isn't known. Consequently, the fusion of the sacred and the profane characterized the celebration from the start. Few people stop to ask where Christmas traditions come from. What is the origin of the Christmas tree? Kissing under the mistletoe, giving gifts, Santa Claus, the term Yule tidings, and many other Christmas traditions. Many books give the answers, but note this quote from Erdman's Handbook to the History of Christianity. The Christian Church took over many pagan ideas and images, From sun worship, for example, came the celebration of Christ's birth on the 25th of December, the birthday of the sun. Saturnalia, the Roman winter festival of 17 to 21 of December, provided the merriment, gift giving, and candles typical of later Christmas holidays. Sun worship hung on in Roman Christianity and Pope Leo I in the middle of the 5th century rebuked worshipers who turned round to bow to the sun before entering St. Peter's Basilica. Some pagan customs which were later Christianized, for example the use of candles, incense, and garlands, were at first avoided by the church because they symbolized paganism. These are only the beginning of problems with Christmas. Christmas. We'll look at another fundamental problem that will likely surprise even those who want to put Christ back in Christmas, but first I want to tell you about our resource, Is Christmas Christian? which gives details that I don't have time to cover in this short program, and it answers a question that few professing Christians have the courage to explore. If Jesus were with us today, would He celebrate His birthday? Now that's an important question, and it has a clear answer. The true story of the Messiah's birth is inspiring, and Is Christmas Christian? can be yours free for the asking. So pick up the phone and ask for your free copy. It's that simple. Or you can go to our website at www.twcanada.org and I'll be right back to show you a third problem that comes straight from the pages of the Bible.
1: Why December the 25th? Dreaming of a commercial Christmas? Santa Claus or a ho-ho hoax? These are just a few of the questions addressed in our free booklet, Is Christmas Christian? To request your free copy, call the number on your screen or order online at TWCanada.org. We provide this offer free of charge because we believe you cannot put a price on truth. Don't wait, we have operators ready to take your call. Or you can order online. If you missed our contact information, don't worry, I'll be back to give it again.
0: We are looking at the problems with Christmas on today's Tomorrow's World program. So far we've looked at two. Problem number one, Jesus was not born on December 25th. Problem number two, Christmas did not originate with the birth of Christ. And before the break I said I would give you a third problem that comes straight from the pages of the Bible, and this one may shock you. Problem number three, the traditional story of Jesus' birth is not found in the Bible. The story you hear each December is not the same as found in the Bible. Now don't misunderstand. Jesus is the Son of God, and His birth is recorded in the Bible but not exactly as most people believe. Yes, parts of it are, but much is distorted and I'll explain why this matters in a few minutes. For example, do you realize that the wise men did not come on the night that Jesus was born, but weeks or even months after the birth of Jesus? When they arrived, he was not in a stable, but in a house with his mother, not even a mention of Joseph being there. Further, they did not come to bring birthday gifts, and contrary to the song, the Bible nowhere tells us that there were three kings. The story of the wise men didn't happen as it is told, not according to your Bible. It's a myth that distorts and perverts the truth of Scripture. When they came to Jerusalem reporting that they had seen an unusual star in the sky, and were inquiring about a child who was born to be king of the Jews, no small stir was created, including with the king. Matthew 2, verses three and four tell us, "When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. The answer was that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Herod then dispatched these visitors to Bethlehem to find the child and report back so that he could worship him. Of course, Herod had no intention of worshiping another king. Rather, he planned to kill him. It should be obvious from what we've already read that all this did not happen in one night. But notice this clear statement found in verse 11. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Jesus is referred to as a young child, not as an infant or babe, and was not in a stable, but in a house. After what was no doubt a few days, Herod realized the men were not going to report back to him. Notice verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under. Why up to the age of two? After all, there's a huge difference between an infant and a two year old. The remainder of verse 16 explains, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Certainly, Jesus was younger than two, but he was more than a newborn. He was weeks, if not months, old. As we read in Luke, he was circumcised on the eighth day, and after forty days from his birth, he was brought to the temple. Now in the days of her, that is Mary's, purification according to the law of Moses were completed, that was forty days, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. This happened prior to the visit of the wise men. Shortly after their visit, Joseph was warned in a dream to flee with a child to Egypt, as Herod would kill all children up to the age of two. Further, nowhere in scripture do we read of three kings, They presented three kinds of presents, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but these categories of gifts in no way indicate the number of magi. So now the question, if they didn't show up on His birthday, why did they bring gifts? I was told that it was because of the wise men giving gifts, but didn't they give their gifts to Jesus, not each other? Truth is important. They were not celebrating his birthday, but were presenting gifts to a king. Jesus was born to be a very real king. Notice how Jesus answered Pilate's question more than three decades later Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king, for this cause I was born. While the term king is used in the traditional Christmas story, Somehow the reality of what this means is lost. Zechariah 14 gives a prophecy of the Messiah's future role and declares in verse 9, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. Read Zechariah 14 for yourself, and you will see that this is speaking of a very real kingdom to be set up on the earth at Jesus' second coming. So we have a number of problems with Christmas. Problem number one, Jesus was not born on December 25th. Problem number two, Christmas did not originate with the birth of Christ. And problem number three, the traditional story of Jesus' birth is not found in the Bible. So what should we do? I'll answer that question from the pages of the Bible, that book that so many claim to be the source of their beliefs and behaviors but I want to remind you of today's resource. Is Christmas Christian gives more information than I have time to give, and it can be yours free for the asking. Just pick up the phone and tell us you want today's resource, or go to our website www.twcanada.org and order or download a copy. It's that simple. Is Christmas Christian? is a must read, so do it today. And I'll be back to answer the question, Is God pleased with us celebrating His Son's birth?
1: To request your free copy, call the number displayed on the screen and ask for, Is Christmas Christian? You can also order online at TWCanada.org. Have you ever asked, why are there so many different churches? Is the Bible really still relevant? Or where is the world headed? We answer these questions and more in Tomorrow's World Magazine. Call us right now or visit us online to get your free copy of This Christmas Christian and free subscription to Tomorrow's World Magazine. I hope you enjoy the rest of
0: the program. Today we're looking at problems with Christmas. People bemoan the commercialization, the incessant music, and trying to figure out what to give Aunt Susie. But the problems are deeper than this. We see truth subverted by tradition. Some of you have known these things for a long time, so the crux of the matter is this. Does any of this matter as long as we celebrate Jesus? This brings us to problem number four, and I'll state it in the form of a question. Number four. Is God pleased with us celebrating His Son's birth? If you, as a parent, lie to your children, you undermine your own integrity. What credibility do you have instructing them to tell the truth when you are dishonest? What if, in the name of religion, you violate the tenets of that religion? Here's a warning from Revelation 21, verse 8. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Yes, liars are lumped in with murderers and the sexually immoral. Note too that the cowardly are listed here. Courage is a virtue in the sight of God, but most often, fear of family, friends, and coworkers keep people from acting on truth. Tom Flynn writes from an admittedly atheistic viewpoint, and that is not where we come from here at Tomorrow's World. Nevertheless, what he writes is true. Even devout Christians must admit, as mainstream and liberal Christian clergy do, That much of what we know as the story of Christmas is simply the result of a process of literary accretion. That's the process of growth or enlargement. Its elements are inspired by, or just appropriated from, the legends of earlier holy personages. Even if Christianity is true, the story of Christmas is unworthy of it. Laying aside his humanistic approach to the subject, Let's turn to the Bible to learn what it says about this subject. After all, is that not the source that really matters? In Luke, the sixth chapter, verse 46, Jesus chided the people of his day who called him their Lord, meaning master, but didn't obey his teachings. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Further, He rebuked the Pharisees for putting their hand-washing tradition above the law of God. The issue is different, but the principle is the same, putting tradition over God's commands. Mark 7, verse 9, All too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. So is God pleased with us keeping our birthday celebration of His Son as long as we do it for Him? Or should we put human reason aside and let the Bible answer this question? What does He think about the mixing of heathen practices with our worship of Him? Deuteronomy 12, verses 29-32 to When the Lord your God cuts off from before you the nations which you go to dispossess, take heed to yourself that you are not ensnared to follow them, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? I also will do likewise. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, for every abomination to the Lord which He hates they have done to their gods, for they burn even their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it, nor take away from it. This has been the challenge down through history and our day is no different. People want to worship God their own way, but this passage clearly shows God is not pleased with mixing heathen and pagan practices with the worship of His Son. I encourage you to call or go to our website to receive your free copy of Is Christmas Christian? And be sure to stay tuned for Tomorrow's World Answers, to learn more about future events that will affect you and your family, continue to watch Tomorrow's World where Stuart Wachowicz, Michael Haykoop, and I will bring you more information about today's issues and the glorious hope of tomorrow's world.
1: To learn more about today's topic, visit TWCanada.org. You can also order by calling us at one 866 or by writing us at Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 409, Mississauga, Ontario, L5M0P6.
2: Welcome to Tomorrow's World Answers. You can search the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and you won't find any accounts of Jesus or His disciples celebrating Easter, Christmas, or All Saints Day. If Christ didn't observe these festivals, should we? It also leads us to today's question. Which days did Jesus celebrate? We can begin with Christ's weekly observance. The Gospel accounts leave no doubt concerning His commitment to observe the fourth commandment. So He came to Nazareth, where He had been brought up, and as His custom was, He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. After his death and resurrection, the church continued to meet on the weekly Sabbath, whether they were meeting with Jews or Gentiles. All throughout the book of Acts, service after service takes place on the seventh day of the week. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures. Christ's own words describe how important it was for him to keep the Passover before being crucified. With fervent desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. John 7 records a time when Jesus traveled to Jerusalem under the threat of death to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Now the Jews' Feast of Tabernacles was at hand when His brothers had gone up. Then He also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Lest anyone fall for the lie that Christ observed these days so that others wouldn't have to, Notice that He instructed His brothers in verse 8 to also travel to Jerusalem to keep this feast. Christ kept the holy days outlined in Leviticus 23, seven observances occurring throughout the year. Did Christ's sacrifice do away with the need to keep these holy days? If so, someone forgot to inform Paul. He recognized that the Passover foreshadowed the sacrifice of Christ. For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed to us. Was this reason to do away with the feast days? Again, not according to Paul. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. The book of Acts also contains examples of the early church observing the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 and Acts 20 and verse 16. Paul refers to the days of unleavened bread, Acts 20 and verse 6, and the fast no doubt a reference to the Day of Atonement, Acts 27 and verse 9. The Bible does not provide any examples of Jesus Christ or Paul and the other apostles, or the early church observing any holy days other than those previously sanctioned in the Old Testament. The scriptural evidence is very clear that they kept the holy days listed in Leviticus 23. To submit a question for the show, email us at twanswers at Be sure to watch us online by searching Tomorrow's World Answers on YouTube. If you like our videos, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell. You can also visit us online at TWCanada.org.
1: You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, revealing God's principles for leading an abundant and happy life, while providing insight into current and future events. At our website, you can also watch this and many more Tomorrow's World programs. Call 1-866-784-7895. Write or visit us online today. This
0: program is a production of The Living Church of God.